I serve cold with the wolves in the hawks Never shiver in the snow The bulls keep it running The socks run the south The cubs run the north But the bears run the house Two Chicago sports fans Got their ears to the street Any team make a move And they never skip a beat And in this house This is where we be Welcome to the show With E-Rock and Big Z Welcome, welcome, welcome Welcome to Chicago Coming from the true Chicago sports fan cave The home of the AL Central Division Chicago White Sox This is the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z Oh yeah <laughs> Kool-Aid man's in the house <laughs> Episode 65 is brought to you by 606 Media True Chicago sports fans ACSI and Grit Clothing Company Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirts. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 for 15% off your entire order. That's TrueFan15. Go get your official TCSF shirts now. Go get them! <laughs> As always, I am Big Z and I'm here with my boy, the man, the myth, the legend, E-Rock Wannabe. What's up, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome in. If you're a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and go ahead and give us a review on your listening app of choice. And don't forget, you can support the show with a monthly subscription at anchor.fm slash true Chicago sports fans. Go on over there and uh, click on support, and you can be a subscriber for as low as 99 cents a month. Z, what's up, man? How are you doing? How was your week, man? Action packed, action packed. I know now. I feel I, I know what you feel like with the uh, all the softball you do, <laughs> and all the dad duties you do, and all the husband duties yeah. you do. Yeah, I kind of feel like that. Uh, teaching's been a breeze this week because the kids had testing, so I just had to give my other teachers breaks and stuff like that. So that that was cool. It's like whatever. Um, but this week, bowling. I held it down for my teams uh, on both days. I'm bowling a lot better. My uh, I changed my technique and it's uh, paying off. I went to a White Sox is, is game. Your now knock down the pills or knock down the, the pins. no no you knock down pills. I knock down pills. <laughs> the pins. Uh, yeah, so I'm bowling above uh, 140 now. So we're, we're doing okay here, man. All right. I also went to a White Sox game on Friday. And got a W on that day. It was awesome. I did miss mm-hmm. out on the beer stein because I got there a little later, uh, but that's neither here or there. Uh, we'll probably find that at the thrift store in a couple of years. Not really worried <laughs> about it. <laughs> uh, ca- caught up on some shows. Um, I didn't finish clickbait. I think I'm on the last second to last or last episode. So I am okay. caught up. So we'll talk about that. Uh, uh-huh. I played some softball. So I actually played a, uh, an actual full game two years after my surgery. Uh, went four for four. Uh, and play right field very well. So, yeah, a little proud of myself. A little pop of my collar if I had one. Uh, let's see. Humble break. Yeah, a little humble break. Also, this morning, or we were recording on Sunday. Sorry, guys. But on Sunday morning, I ran my first 5K. I mean, I ran half of it. <laughs> but <laughs> it's my first 5K also in two years. Um, trying to get back into smoother things just because, uh, um, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. That's a 2.5K in my book. Two point, eh, whatever. I mean, I wish it was a bar crawl because it was like seven bars around there, but it was too early. It was eight in the morning. <laughs> also, want to give oh, a quick good. shout out to uh, uh, Maritza, who's a, a listener and a supporter of the podcast. Thanks for supporting the podcast and also hooking me up with the MVP Pito Bobblehead. Uh, yeah, the uh, uh, the MVP 
bobblehead for Jose Abreu that they gave out last week. I was able to attend because I was bowling, and uh, she picked mm-hmm. one up for me, and uh, she said, I got you, bro. I got you. So, so, so guess what? What's up? I have my own MVP bobblehead because what? I went to my very first White Sox game last Tuesday and and I the funny thing was is that you did say something to me as soon as I told you I was going to the White Sox game. I what? Said, did we just become best friends? Yep. Yes. <laughs> because it was fun. It was great. It was it was a fun time. Look, I I, I took a picture in front of the Chicago sign all the way up on the top cuz yep. that's where we were. Yep. Shout out to my boy Chris aka Jubs for the for the ticket hit, hit me up uh, 15th on his list to go to the White Sox hey. game cuz we're not we're not chipping look, a chance, like you close, say. Chipping a chance. Each other for a long. Yeah, well, that's what it is. I mean, we we we're not super close, but we've known each other for a long time. Um, and uh, you know, he'll hit me up randomly for like Bulls games and stuff like that because he has a ticket. So, uh, shout out to him for hitting me up. I think he was surprised that I was so eager to go because I was like, oh hell yeah, I'll go because we we're supposed to go to that nine eleven game and I was right, sick. Right. So I was I was excited to be able to go. Uh, it was. Um, it was a good experience because we were actually there early enough to see everything that they do with the lights and the hype music and all that stuff. Yeah. It reminded me very much of going to a Chicago Bulls game, surprisingly Correct. enough. Yeah. Um, you know, he asked me later on what I thought about the experience. And to me, I was like, look, I, I think it's cool. Um, I, I thought it was it was a it's a cool stadium. The the food was good. I mean, I just I didn't have anything crazy. I just had like a hot dog and I think uh, grilled like onions. I didn't have nothing. Else. You had the grilled onions on it? Um, I, honestly, I don't remember. That was a few <laughs> <laughs> popping pills again, aren't um, you? But you know what, though, like to be honest, it was it was kind of weird because when the lights when they dimmed the lights um, in the beginning, when they like I said they did like the Bulls type type of intro, yeah, um, it felt very intimate in an intimate setting because you know you're you're even in the high levels, you're looking directly across and you see just more or the other side of the stadium. With Wrigley, it's so open that you have so much more open like it was just it was it was a whole different experience for me because i've been to like miller park um i haven't done a ton of mlb stadiums but i i mean after after all is said and done it was cool to get the bobblehead i appreciated going to the game they won it was a bunch of home runs i like wrigley better for going to a game well i mean mean? that's because that's gonna be the thing that's 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 your baby that's all good but you can't dog the ballpark now because you've been to it and but you still next year when we uh when we're we're new season we're gonna go downstairs you're gonna get the different experience downstairs than it is upstairs completely different experience yeah but i'm talking about watching a game there you know like i've seen i've seen a game in different parts of wrigley and it, it, it it's it's it just feels special every time I go to Wrigley. You know what I mean? Like I felt like maybe it's just the history, knowing that you know you got a hundred history there and all that shit. And maybe it was just a different field, but it, it was it, there's a it, even in Miller Park. Like oh, this is cool. I'm in a park. It did not. It does not have that same like. Oh my god, th- this is Wrigley. Where like you know you've seen like emo. You know I don't know. It's just a different emotion, I guess. But uh, but yeah, I mean White Sox game. You know what I mean? Like I finally got to go check out that stadium, and I got a little bit of shit from uh, posting me standing behind the Chicago sign, and I'm like, look, it says Chicago. It, it says got, Chicago. It says Chicago. It says Chicago. It says Chicago. I had Chicago in the background. I thought it was dope, but uh, yeah, that and just back to softball a little bit, playing the playoffs, and uh, you know all that good stuff. So I think you and I both had a good week. But check it out, ladies and gentlemen. It is football season. That's right, fall is here, and I know there's some of you out there 
there looking for a new gig. So let me tell you about a great opportunity with our friends over at ACSI. With over 50 expert technicians in the Chicagoland area, ACSI offers a one-stop shop for telecom wiring. Whether residential cable installation, fiber to the home, or commercial structured cable wiring, ACSI is a proud partner of both Comcast and RCN. Let me tell you guys the most impressive thing about ACSI. During these hard times, with uh, the, co- uh, the ACSI crew did their thing during the COVID-19 pandemic, and ACSI was awarded Hasia's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. The best part is that ACSI is growing bigger and better than ever. ACSI is now hiring for field sales, technicians, and project managers. Check out ACSI.tech, that's ACSI.tech, and click on careers to apply today go get you a job you better go get a job this week the white Sox finish off the season on a high note notre dame gets knocked off the bears feast on the motor city kitties and we talk to a three-time all-star a three-time silver slugger he is the real big z whoa 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 pitcher carlos <laughs> zambrano joins yeah. us today yeah great you're gonna, great you're gonna want to that's not something you want to miss the zambrano interview uh-huh. is amazing it is phenomenal ladies and gentlemen it's it's so much fun but first this is the big three with big z thanks e-rock I'm Big Z, and oh, you're yeah. not. That's right. Even, you're, even you're though you like to Big stand Z. behind the Chicago <laughs> thing, you know, it's all good, bro. You can't beat me. You're barely Big Z. <laughs> <laughs> you're, all right. Hey, I, and now you're, you're more like medium Z now. Uh, man, he well, he's what, 6'5"? <laughs> Jesus. 6'5". <laughs> no, man, that's, that's yeah. insane. All right, man, I got some great stories for you, and all of them, I try to get stories that try to make you laugh. Here's one that you're going to really like. A herd of goats runs amok in Buckhead, Georgia. I've actually been to Buckhead, Georgia. It's wild out there. All right, Buckhead, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, Your eyes are not fooling you. There was indeed a herd of goats on the loose in Buckhead. Multiple social media users posted photos and videos of the goats strolling down Piedmont Road near Rooms to Go Furniture Store in Buckhead late Monday morning. That's last Monday. Eleven alive. Sky Tracker even got got in on the action and found nearly two dozen goats roaming in the area. A small fence was set up around the goats to keep them in one area. The goat's mini vacation came to an end around 1 p.m. when an animal transportation trailer pulled up in the area and began loading the livestock into the video. Atlanta Police Department said in a statement, the officer responded after a passing driver called about goats on the roadway. Officials say the goats <laughs> were brought to Kroger to eat weeds behind the store. Kroger? Kroger, hold up. If I'm going to Kroger for goat, it's for some birria or for some curry goat, man. That's hey, what you, you could have got a free goat for some birria, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, bro. You know what's funny is that I, I remember being a kid and my pops going to the butcher shop over there on uh, Western Division. Remember, I don't know if you remember that joint, but it was... it was Western like Division. Western Division. It was like Western Meat Market. It was the tiny, a tiny. It almost looked like an old school hardware store. With like, oh dust, no, no, thanks to you. Yeah, it's across yeah, street yeah. from my bar, my barber shop where it used to be. Yes, I know where it's at. I don't know yeah. if it's by Claremont. It's still there, yeah. but. But no, yeah, gone. And, gone. and I remember uh, going in there because we were picking up some goat for uh, for my cut co- for my dad's cousins, and uh, 
we go in there and the sucker's just hanging there. So as a joke, my dad says, hey, cut up the meat and do me a favor. Take the eyeballs and put them on top of the package so when they open up the damn thing, stay there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your dad is gold. Your dad is gold. Oh, man. Oh, He's man. awesome. All right. So that's our animal story for the week. <laughs> and for some reason, they keep popping up. All right. Story number two. A former Olympic swimming star, uh, Cleet Keller, pleaded guilty Wednesday to a charge of uh, stemming from the deadly January 6th riot on the U.S. Capitol. During a brief appearance in federal court in Washington, he pled guilty to a single charge of obstruction, obstructing an official proceeding, a felony with an estimated sentencing range under the federal guidelines of 21 to 27 months. In return, the government dropped one other felony charge of and five misdemeanor counts. His attorney, Edward McMahon, told the judge that Keller is trying to make amends for his terrible, terrible mistake, end quote, and is embarrassed uh, and wants to start life over. What do you okay, think about that, bro? Let me say about this. This dumb bastard. Thank you. Uh, Rush Thank the Capitol. And first of all, you know, all these idiots thought that Trump was going to save him. So they go up there. You got you got the one dude dressed as like I don't know, like the uh, like a medicine man in like you know what I mean, like, like some mantar. Like what the hell? But but here's the thing: this guy is a, a former Olympic swimmer. He's like six foot seven. So it's not like they weren't going to find his big goofy ass standing out there. Like you it's, stick out like a sore thumb. Right? He's like Big Bird, you, right? like Big Bird in the fucking his yellow coat walking around the the Capitol. Like hey, no one's going to notice I me. Hope- let me tell you something. I hope they, and it's this is always my, the highlight of my week when we get the news. So and so has been, uh, uh, you know, arrested or they found out who this person was and they're getting sentenced. And Bob, it's like, you dumb bastards. What are you doing crashing the Capitol in the first place? Yeah, throw the like, book who, at them. I mean, seriously, like, I, we have never. I don't know, man. This it's it's so frustrating to talk about, but I'm glad this dumb bastard got got what's coming to him because he deserves it. That's right. All right, story number three, and this is something I'm pretty sure my co-host Iraq would do. A drunk man <laughs> who was reported missing participated in a search for himself. Oh my god! Yeah, a missing drunk <laughs> Turkish man spent hours helping a search party to look for himself, according to the independent Behan Mitulu. Uh, who is living in in Ego in the northwestern province of Bursa. Wow, look at that. I knocked that all out in one try. Uh, was reported missing on Tuesday. His family alerted authorities after he failed to return home from a drinking session with friends and didn't return phone calls. Officials said that Mutulu wandered into a forest and could not be found by his friends. A search party was dispatched to the area and Mr. Mutulu ended up meeting them in the woods. Officials reportedly had no idea that Mr. Matula was the man they had been looking for <laughs> for several hours. So let me tell you something. This this is a fantastic story. This is not something that I would do, but I do have a friend that he was actually on our show in the, in the beginning of uh, when we did our, our, our White Sox uh, uh, preview of the season. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt mm-hmm. Kubica is notorious for getting lost on, on drunken trips. This is a man who, on a trip to um, St. Louis, somehow got got lost during. We went to like Mardi Gras a few years ago in oh St. Boy. Louis, and next thing you know, we just he's gone. We can't find him. He just walks off, and then we get a message from either his wife or one of his brother. 
Kurt is in the arch. He is stuck in the arch because somehow he either called somebody or whatever. He was like, I think I'm stuck inside the arch. So wow. <laughs> not, and not the golden arches. Yeah, I'm not the good, not McDonald's. No, he was. Uh, I don't know where he was, um, but I don't remember at this point where he was because I was drinking too many terrible hurricane drinks. But uh, oh boy, yeah, he, <laughs> I definitely shout out to Kurt because I know you listen. Jesus, yeah, man, this man was lost, drunk in the woods. He joins the search party for several hours before oh, yeah. quote unquote finding himself because they were like, um, "Yeah, we're looking for this dude." And he's like, and they kept shouting his name. He's like, "Oh, that's me." After it's, several it's a lot hours, than when you take a year off after high school at, before college to find yourself, that's a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different say. podcast, ladies and gentlemen. That's a whole oh, different that's podcast. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, y'all, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15% off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Welcome back to the TCSF podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Oh, yeah. Kool-Aid. This <laughs> is The Loop. <laughs> Our Chicago Sports Roundup where we keep you in the loop. <laughs> this is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome Welcome to Chicago. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Yo, E, what's going on with the, our beloved Bears? Boom, indeed. After a long week of speculation on who was going to start for the Bears, uh, they came out and put a thumping on the Detroit Lions this week because uh, your boy Justin Fields got the start. They knocked off the Lions 24-14. to They were able to move the ball pretty efficiently with 188 rushing yards and solid O-line play along with another week of solid defense. And they helped uh, Justin Fields out a ton in his second career start. Um, there was an unfortunate injury we saw towards the end of the game. David Montgomery went down. Um, it looked like he had a knee injury, and it was gross enough that they did not show it on the uh, on the replay. Uh, but he had a great, great game. 23 carries for 106 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Damien Williams also came in with eight carries for 55 yards and a touchdown. Justin Fields' final stats were 11 for 17 with uh, 209 yards. No touchdowns, but he did have one interception on a tip pass. Um Look, we we saw just such a terrible debacle last week of everything that was going on. I mean, it was just 
disgusting but uh they seem to bounce back it seemed like you know the laser show was in full effect this week and uh you know i think Berto kind of sniffed that out a little bit early that Nagy didn't have the same look on his face and uh Nagy did come out uh, a little bit and talk about uh, uh justin fields bounce back but um again i can't state enough uh with justin bouncing back from last week what a what a what a great job for him to be able to respond to what happened to learn to get better that's what this game's all about right you're you're a rookie quarterback in a tough environment your first start you come back at home and you bounce back and he did that he made great plays he made great throws great decision making his teammates stepped up for him the defense did the, the special teams his coaches did and uh for that i'm proud of, of, of all those guys you know, he's not wrong. Justin did bounce back. The offense looked way better. We had a much more balanced attack. And we did see uh, Darnell Mooney, who was questionable uh, in the game. We didn't know if he was going to play. Five, Only five receptions for 125 yards. I mean, he, uh, Fields was chucking it down the field, and he knew exactly who he wanted to throw it to. So uh, this is what I got to say about Nagy. Thank you, Captain Obvious. I mean, look. He's he's still the coach. You can hate on him all he wants, but he's just telling you, hey, you know, I'm proud of him. He because here's the thing: you you've coached, and I'm a coach right now for the girls. Yeah. And you know, the whole point is, at least in my level, you know, it's not to win every single game, but it's to make sure they want to keep playing. And in the NFL and professional sports, yes, of course, it's important to win, but you also have to keep your players encouraged and make sure that they want to keep playing. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing is that once you break your spirit, it's it's done. You you. How many times? I mean, we, we were just a little bit, a little while ago talking about that one player from the Browns who like you know, uh, who only had a couple of um, career starts and he came out and played like you know eight snaps and then says you know what I'm done and he retired at halftime you know so you don't want to you want to make sure that your players don't have a broken spirit but one thing that you did mention was uh, Allen Robinson hey, and Rob. not being the star yeah I, and, and this is something that i alluded to you uh, on the uh facebook post game is that uh a rob had what two catches i'm pretty sure that he, he, had, he had three for 60 uh three, three, three for, for 65 right and then yeah, I'm, we were watching the game and it was in the uh facebook facebook manager a uh, messenger you're like um is a rob playing and i'm like and he yeah. got a pass and i was like okay I, question and answered uh, and your question was answered but let's let's put it this way uh justin feels like throwing to Dar- uh, darnell mooney up and down yeah, the field. He does. that's his guy because oh. you know he was throwing on the second team so yeah that's yes. that that's his guy so a rob is first team and uh you know a rob's contract is up at the end of the year and if Dar- darnell mooney shows out and, and becomes a pro bowler because of justin fields there's no need to have a rob in maybe a lot of people's eyes because you don't have to Here's pay for that thing. wide receiver you always want a Pro Bowl wide receiver on your team. If you can bring back a Rob, you definitely need to do that because you don't just want the you, you what you want is that the defense doesn't know which one of these guys is going to go off on a certain week. Right, and I agree, you I agree with you, but th- I agree with you. But the, here's the thing: is job. that there's not enough money. They're they're in cap hell. They don't have any cap money next year. So you're not. They're well, you not going to be. Able- I mean, they can franchise him again, but then he's he's going to be one of those you know disgruntled employees again. So I mean, it's it's a catch twenty two. Well, you you have to figure out. Here's the thing: is that you got Eddie Goldman that came back this week, right? Finally, mm-hmm. um, he did have like a false, you know, false start penalty or or offsides penalty or whatever it was. Yeah, he's uh, not in football shape yet. And, and what's that? I, I don't think he's in football shape. 
Well, I mean, that, that's that's neither here or there. But I, what I'm getting at is the fact that he was a very important part of the team before he took off last year for COVID. Right. And you got Hicks who wants new money, right? Mm-hmm. Hicks is getting up there. Yep. You still got Mac. And you got Roquan Smith here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Roquan, you know what I mean? Like, I think they've done a good job of filling in the gaps when you look at the defense. Because look at Alec Ogletree, who they picked up off the street. Ten tackles and two assists, tackles. Roquan Smith, eight tackles and, and two assists and a sack. Uh, Robert Quinn, five tackles and a sack. Uh, Gibson uh, got his first career sack. And Mack had a sack, too. A tackle and a sack. So, I mean, you know, you look at what you're going down the line on defense that's the most important thing because like i said they're going to start aging out but one thing i I did want to point out was that fields actually came out and he said that he had a different mindset going into this game my mindset like coming in today was just different and i think it was because of last week you know how we played we didn't we didn't play like we wanted to so uh you know my goal was out there to just 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 play better than last weekend i thought we did that the o-line did a great job today they only had one sack and that sack was on me i should have checked the ball down the flat faster than that but um you know the o-line played great i'm proud of those guys so, you know, he's recognizing the fact that the O-line did play a lot better of course, this game. They did. And that's, that's going to have to be their main focus as far as the draft is concerned. Because, what's, yes. like I said before, you can find free agent linebackers and running backs and uh, uh, defensive linemen. You don't find free agent offensive linemen because they get locked up. Really good offensive linemen get locked up on their team. Yep, they do. And when you look at what they what they had on the field towards the end of the season last year, Bars and Mustafer stepping in, James Daniels coming back, you got white hair. So, I mean, like, and, and I think once they kind of really solidify, the problem is, is that you're looking at your left tackle who, they, who got injured that they drafted he couldn't even play so they had to go out and get the oldest man in the universe to come out there and play and and he's still trying to get back into football shape because he was on a fishing boat yep so they are starting to kind of put it together hopefully but like we said in the uh, in the post game show the really important thing is to see what happens uh going forward because they're going to play they're going to go travel to vegas and play the raiders next week so here's the thing with the offensive line the offensive line is uh very much like the running back where it needs a rhythm to work um, yep. And you can't have rhythm if you're changing quarterback week after week. That, that's just that's just yeah. facts. If well, you're changing, I mean, I don't think that I don't think they've intended to change quarterback week uh, after no, week. No, but think- it affects the offensive line completely. Because you don't. Yes, but there, there was a report that they were trying out some some uh, wide receivers and some quarterbacks uh, during the week, and it was just you know uh, uh, four stringers. It was going to be guys that were going to be practice squad practice players, squad, right. and people were losing their mind. But I'm like, okay. Andy Dalton is injured with a knee injury, and Justin Fields uh, like had a, a a brace on his hand because he yeah, hit a thumb. helmet. His thumb, yeah. So sprained thumb. That's so anyway, so ladies and gentlemen, for the rest of our Bears post game show and preview of next week's game against the Vegas Raiders, check out our Bears post game show live on Facebook after every Bears Sunday game, and also on our podcast page every Monday morning. But in other Bears news, the Bears have signed a purchase agreement for the Arlington International Racecourse property in suburban Arlington Heights, Illinois. The Athletic uh, reported that last week. The Bears made the news official on Wednesday morning, and they are buying the 326-acre property for $197.2 million. What do you think about that, bro? (laughs) <laughs> That's what I think about that. That is exactly what I think about. It is about time that the Bears get a facility of their own that they can monetize on a yearly basis, which means using 
the whole complex to generate money on a 365 basis just like yeah. Wrigley does Wrigley owns all those buildings and the hotels and and the bars guess what that's income that comes in on a yearly basis yeah. you have concerts that come in when you know the cubs are out of out of uh, on a road trip or, or you know when they're not in season whatever that's money coming in now you also have hotels that you can put there you can put um you can sell some of the uh, housing that's around there um it's yeah. going to create a lot of jobs as far as like building stuff and it's also going to create uh, revenue for the state with all the travel so all the gas station that's more taxes for for the state and the city or the uh township but that is arlington heights um the ipass all that stuff all that's going to generate money man guess what you get a building that big state of the art you get one thing right away you get a super bowl you get that booked right away as soon as they open the doors your super bowl is booked for the next two or three years from then you get a wrestlemania wrestlemania is one of the biggest draws in the world you get that you're going to get a final four for sure you'll get a final four uh let's see what is another, what's another big event um hmm. you can probably Here, here's, go ahead. here's the thing and i i've always been um I've always been in the corner where I believe that the Bears should buy that property and they should make a state-of-the-art stadium there and for the charter ranches of the NFL. It's embarrassing uh, to be where they play now. But here's here's the one problem. Any football field, any football stadium is just a cash pit. Even with the games that you'll play there as a home team mm-hmm. and your college football games that'll come play there like they like Notre Dame right. and, and uh, Wisconsin mm-hmm. played in Soldier Field right and your final four and your concerts and all that stuff you're you're gonna have less than 100 dates where that a year where that stadium is gonna be used so there's gonna be a lot more time where that's just unused real estate in the stadium and that's gonna take up a lot uh, number two I mean yeah, yeah, they yep. can take away nope. they, they can take stuff away from the United Center well, the United Center has a has an agreement where you can only have a certain amount of like if they do WrestleMania, let's say for example, in, okay. in uh, the United Center, you can only in the lifetime of your your contract agreement, you can only have like three WrestleManias ever in there. That's how that that's how they're set up in the United Center. That's just how that is. Um, that's but what weird. I'm saying is that you're you're gonna you're still gonna have a very small amount of dates um, in a new stadium. You're going to have your sports book there because they do have a partnership with Rivers Casino to have Correct. a sports book already. And they okay. might they might you, give you money you for the naming rights. Hotel. You're, you're naming right the river. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to figure out who's, who's going to get the naming rights. You're going to have your hotels that you're going to be able to put around that stadium. You're, you're gonna, it's going to be a valuable property. Right. But there is a couple problems. If the Bears move out of the city of Chicago, technically, I believe that any state, any team that would, let's say, you know, Joe Blow from New Zealand says, "Okay, I have a billion dollars. I want to start an NFL franchise." Okay, he can move to Soldier Field, and that team will be called the Chicago Bears. I mean, they yes. can't—they can't use the word Chicago Bears. They—they—they they, they will be named the Chicago Bears because of whatever whatever NFL contract that there is. There is something in the books that you can move in. I'm telling you right now. Well, they can move fact. into Soldier Field. That's that's going to be a and vacant they, place. They would be called the Chicago Bears. Why would it be called the Chicago them. Bears? That's there, a trademark. There's some, there's some, I'm telling you, I, I I will I will do a little bit more research and give you like the the full details. But I've been looking to it, and and 
there's a lot of sources out there telling you that if you leave that stadium, if you leave the city of Chicago, you can, you can, because if you're not in the city of Chicago, you can call yourself Arlington Heights Bears, but the name Chicago Bears, it has to do with being in the city. So you, there has to be an agreement between right, the so city and the team. That's kind of asinine. I, 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 I know. Because the no, New listen. York Jets and the New York Giants don't play in New York. And that's fine. And that's fine. The Dallas but Cowboys don't play in nowhere, Dallas. There's nowhere within city limits for the Jets and the Giants to play. You understand what I'm saying? There is an agreement between uh, uh, the Jets, the Giants, and the city of New York. The Chicago Bears currently play in a landmark status building. Correct. So there is. I, I, I'm, I'll bring you some more research next week and tell you exactly why. But I'm telling you that this is a true thing. So that is part of it. If the is that city part of the lease? And, is that part of the lease? It, it, there's yeah. There's some part of the agreement with the city and the team itself to why. Are you allowed to call it Chicago Bears, Chicago, whatever it is? There is an agreement there. So I, I'm, I'm going to bring you some more research. Right. Like I said, you can. Because I have a rebuttal for that. Go ahead. But there, there is. It, it has something to do with you can rebut it all you want. This is a no, fact. This is a legal thing. No, I know it's a legal yeah. thing. But guess who's more powerful than the mayor of, of Chicago? The NFL. It ain't. No, it's the that's, NFL. That's all well and good. Because you the know the NFL, NFL has the most power out of a lot of people. And the, and that's well and that's all well and good, but the, the NFL the will pay say thank you Chicago Bears, thank you Chicago Bears. This is your stadium. The other team that left this stadium, that left the city of Chicago, has called themselves something else. I'm just telling you. Okay, all right. I'm, so I, I'll, I'll, that's I'll bring fine. You the legally. All right, we'll, we'll look it up and we'll discuss it. We'll bring that back next week, and that's a great point because we can go back and forth on that. But here's my yeah. question to you: Let's say they do build this stadium, and there's an AFC team. That's willing to move to Chicago or Arlington yep. Heights in this in this aspect. Are you opposed to another team coming to the Chicagoland area and or sharing the stadium? Am I opposed to it? Yes. No, but I mean, I won't. I mean, like it, it'll be the same way that I kind of pay attention to the White Sox versus I'm a fan because the, th- the problem with the Bears is that because you have such a historical franchise, you also have a lot of people who are uh, opposed to the Bears as a team. They're like, I'm not being Bears fans because they did this and they did that and blah, blah, blah. So th- the longer you exist, the more fans you have, the more haters you have. So there's going to be plenty of people that would jump on a bandwagon of being having another Chicago team that they can root for 100%. I won't be one of them. I'll always be a Bears fan. But I, you know, I'm not opposed to it because, I mean, it brings more money to the area. I'm just saying okay. some team could jump at Soldier Field right now. So would you over. rather they share the stadium or they go to Soldier Field and, okay, AFC over here and NFC over here? I Well, here's the thing is that if the Bears own that stadium, then they they can tell them to go kick rocks. Go, hey, fuck off. You ain't playing where I play. And, but but it's revenue. Thing too. It's revenue. What? It's more and, revenue. And the Chicago, do you think the Chicago Bears want to share the stadium with another NFL team with Chicago? Name? Absolutely not. They're not going to want to do that. The New As York the Jets and New York Giants. Who gives a fuck about them? I don't give a fuck about New York. It's not about giving a fuck. Giants. It's just fucking Chicago. more revenue. I am talking. I'm talking about the charter franchise of the NFL is not going to give up their stadium to allow another team to call that their home field. I'm sorry. Now here now, makes no all sense. All you got the, the Lakers. You got the Lakers and Clippers. Who gives a fuck? Why are you bringing up? I'm telling you the reason. I don't care about what the Lakers do. The Lakers are not the charter franchise. Of the yeah, NFL. but you're, you're doing it on an emotional basis. I'm talking about financially. That's I'm a not, fucking smart no, thing to do. It's not. It's not. It could be emotional. It could be smart. It doesn't matter. The I'm telling you for a fact. The Chicago Bears franchise 
that finally, after all this time, purchased a land to build a stadium are never going to allow another NFL franchise to call that their home. It is never going to happen. They have never had their own stadium. They used to play at Wrigley. You finally get your own stadium. He's like, hey, by the way, Chicago, uh, Chicago you know, so-and-so is coming and play. With- Fuck off. That's never going to happen. But here, here's the problem. You want to talk about revenue. Let's talk about the fact that the the bears as a family the bears family the mccaskies the hallises all that stuff you look at other nfl franchises you look at the rams you look at um the jaguars for example all of these teams have owners that made money somewhere else correct and use that money that they made to purchase their team correct the problem with the bears is that the owners of the Bears, Only. Their, their wealth is the Bears. Yes. They don't have, they're not cash, uh, uh, they don't have that liquid cash. Their cash is the Bears. You understand what I'm saying? So the value that they have is the Bears. They'd have to sell off part of the Bears to get that. You know what I mean? So, so you just proved my point. You just proved my point. You need it's income. Not, no, 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 Why no, would no, you do no. that? Absolutely not. Your stadium, the you just said your stadium is not going to be used for 100 days, right? There you go. Instead of having eight home that, games, fine. that building's having 60 home games. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm not saying that. That it's not a smart revenue play. I'm telling you that the charter franchise who has never had their own fucking stadium is never going to allow another team in there to, to say that that's their home. It's never going to happen. You could like it or dislike it all you want. It is never, ever going to happen. I'm sorry. They finally get their own stadium and they're going to share that shit? Never, <laughs> ever, ever. It's not going to happen. Never. Oh, man. I love giving hypotheticals to get you fucking panties in a bunch. <laughs> Oh, commando. All right, let's move on to the collegiate slate. What about the Golden Domers and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish? The Fighting Irish have their own stadium. Good for them. Too bad they (laughs) sucked last week. Notre Dame lost their first game at home since 2017, falling to the Cincinnati Bearcats 24 to 14. Uh, they dropped down in the rankings and currently set at number 14. The Irish could not overcome first uh, three first half turnovers, and despite a late push, it really just wasn't enough. Um, Brian Kelly talks a little bit about what went wrong. The mundane things. Uh, we didn't take care of the the basics today. Um, and, and all we needed to do is be um, efficient at the basics today, and we weren't efficient at the basics. We turned the football over um, on offense, special teams, um, didn't cover um, very well, and, uh, you know, so we didn't coach very well today, and we didn't play very well. And that's the long, and that's the short of it. Right. So I mean, Jack Cohn had to go out of the game with the injury. He, Again? he, you know, he wasn't really playing that well. And they brought in uh, Drew Pine. So this is a young kid. Uh, he came up there. He actually had a pre- pretty decent day. He went nine for twenty-two, one hundred and forty-three yards, and he did have a touchdown compared to Jack Cohn's fourteen for twenty-two, one hundred and fourteen years and in an interception uh, yards and in interception. And Tyler Buckner did have uh, a couple of attempts with one interception. Um, look, they're going to have to bounce back. The good thing, it's, you know, we know it was a tough loss. The good thing is that their loss came early in the season. And since he was ranked, so realistically, the Irish still right. have a chance to make that playoff. I mean, this could be a case where since he goes on really far as well, just like when the, the Irish lost to Clemson early in the season a few years ago, and they still were able to bounce back because 
well, that team actually did really well. So the strength of schedule looks good. Um, it's really good for, for the Irish if they're the, the, the team they lost to does well because, you know, it boosts them up in the in the, uh, Wait, in the strength of schedule. You're talking about the strength of schedule for Notre Dame. Who else is ranked that they play? Who else is ranked? I don't know. That changes throughout the season. I know that changes that's throughout I'm the saying. season, but that's the only, that's the only team no, that they play that's ranked. Cincinnati is ranked right now, right. and they are ranked. So if they, they, they were ranked going in, right. Right. And so that's the thing is that we got to see as the, as the season goes. I mean, you get people that jump up in the rankings and all that stuff. So, I mean, it just, it just depends. And it also depends on who those other teams play and so on and so forth. So, I mean, look, look, they, like I said, they made a late push. They were down 17 nothing going into the second half of the game. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, they, they were able to shout out the Bearcats and score a touchdown of their own in the third. But they gave up a touchdown late in the fourth, and that was kind of game over right there. So, I mean, I, I didn't get to see most of the game, but I did catch them, you know, sucking it up. So, uh, yeah, uh, it, it, look, it, it's going to be a, another big test next week. They're going to go down and play in Virginia against Virginia Tech. A team that they've uh, struggled with before. Last year, when the ACC, they played a lot of these teams. So, Notre Dame is a team that other schools always get up to play for. And you know, since he's not a bad team, I mean, they're ranked. They, I think they were no. what tenth or whatever it was. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're, they're, they're not a bad team. But my, my question, no. I mean, and again, I don't follow college football or, or especially Notre Dame as much as you do. But why isn't Notre Dame in a in a conference? Oh, because they don't want to be. They don't want to be because they they they're they have their friendly. own uh, schedule rights. They have all that stuff. If you're in a conference, if you're in a conference, um, you don't get to pick um, your opponents and things like that. So they can't play a lot. You don't of pick, outside, yeah, You don't uh, get to pick outside. your yeah out, yeah. So it's just like right. Yeah. So like you won't be able to play against Navy and UCLA, USC and UCLA sometimes, and, and pick a couple of teams uh, locally against Big Ten. So they wouldn't have played Purdue this year and stuff like that. So they they kind of they have their long long-standing rivalries like i said navy um usc is a team they always play michigan state they play quite a bit um they played northwestern a couple times they'll play against illinois sometimes but if you're in the acc you really only play those schools you don't play that much of an out-of-conference schedule unless it's like the first couple games of the season where it's a kick game so i mean this is the way they have it set up that's why i hate college college sports because it's just full of shit and full of money that's what it is I mean, well, I mean, I, I like college sports because I like college football because you. I meant the NCAA. Truth, honestly, I don't mean the I don't mean the kids playing the sports. I mean not, the NCAA. NCAA. That's 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 the Irish. That's the Irish who decided because they have an exclusive um, contract right. with NBC. And who gave them that? The NCAA. And they NBC allowed it. Did. They're an independent. They're well, that's what I'm saying. They're an independent school. They have their their. Because Notre Dame is a national draw, they have their own contract with NBC to play their games exclusively right. on NBC. And I, and I, so, I understand that. So it's, it's one, one hand greases the other hand. I get it. Oh, uh, okay. All right, man. What's going on with uh, Chicago's Big Ten team? There is nothing going on with the Wildcats. <laughs> the Wildcats... In the yeah, in the ten years that since Nebraska joined the Big Ten, the Cornhuskers' tightest game have been against Northwestern on Saturday night when the Huskers were nearly flawless after a back-to-back mistake-filled losses to ranked opponents. They posted their most lopsided conference win against the Wildcats, fifty-six to seven. They got fifty burger, bro. The Wildcats. Mm-hmm. I mean, guess I guess go cats. Uh, <laughs> the next game will be October 16th when they welcome in Rutgers. 
Yeah. So the, the reason, let me tell you, the reason why they got their ass beat so bad was because Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez, uh, he was only 11 for 17 with 202 yards. He did have one touchdown, but he had, count them, not one, not two, but three rushing touchdowns. This man is dangerous. Uh, this is like one of these guys that is going to probably do really well in college and suck in, in the, the NFL. NFL. Mm-hmm. But that is why I actually love college football is because you get these guys that, you know, depending on the circumstance, they're amazing. You know what I mean? Like a running quarterback who's getting touchdowns consistently. He's, you know, he's not that great of a thrower. But I mean, look, Northwestern scored one touchdown in the first quarter and then says, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm, I don't I don't feel like scoring. Uh, Nebraska came out with uh, 21 in the first quarter, then another two touchdowns in the second, another two touchdowns in the third, and then to cap off one more touchdown in the fourth quarter to score their 56 points. Uh, this is one of those games where um, I'm sure that Pat and the rest of the crew up there uh, are really just hoping that the rest of the team forgets. Uh, yeah, yeah. you already gave them too much airtime. A 50-burger you deserve not to be uh, talking about. All right, moving on. Uh, e, what's oh, going on with the Fighting oh, Illini? Oh, oh, hold up. We still got Hey, this is still a team that, that we pay attention to, the local, and they're going to play another Big Ten opponent October 16 when they welcome in Rutgers, so they do have a couple weeks to uh, lick their wounds over there uh, with their little kitty cat paws. Kitty cat. <laughs> kitty cat. Kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, man. Now let's talk about your fighting Illini. Who nobody's fighting? Nobody's fighting there. What are you talking uh, about? It was a rocky, yeah. It was a rocky first half of football, but the Illini managed to turn on the Jets in the second half to win this game, twenty-four to fourteen over the Charlotte 49ers Now, if you give, if I give you a dollar for every time you've heard of the Charlotte 49ers <laughs> you'd be broke as shit. Because no one has, no one outside of Charlotte has ever heard of the Charlotte 49ers That shit makes no sense. Um, yeah, whatever. Uh, we're not, you know, the the big thing uh, for Illinois was their rushing attack because uh, Brandon Peters, a quarterback, only went 10 for 19, 78 yards and one touchdown. Uh, but the big story is Chase Brown, 26 carries, 257 yards Jesus. and two touchdowns. He averaged 9.9 yards a carry. That is in saying 257 yards so uh they beat up on a piece of crap school that right. no one cares about and no one ever heard of and good for them and nobody cares uh they face wisconsin next week at home and they're and, gonna get smoked uh, they're gonna get smoked by wisconsin. And, well i mean not that wisconsin ain't that great either i mean yeah but they're better than know, illinois yeah i mean look it'll be do you want a do you want ice cream flavored shit or shit flavored ice cream that's what this is hmm. pick one hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna go home and shit myself and that'll make sense later on in the show people oh man all right bro what's going on with these really impressive chicago sky all right the number six uh seated skies pull off a they're one win away from the wnba finals as the sun struggled to close out game three Courtney Vandersloot didn't score her first points to early in the fourth quarter when she did it was if if when she did it was as if the, the first crack of an avalanche. Vandersu again proved key for the number six seed Chicago leading the sky down the stretch for an 86-83 win against the number one Connecticut Sun in game three. 
at Wintrust Arena in Chicago. She scored all seven points in the fourth quarter and added 13 assists and five rebounds. Jesus. Wow. Candace Parker's rebound of the Suns' final possession sealed the win as she added a free throw on the other end. The Sun had chances uh, to close both their losses late, but haven't been able to do so. Uh, this past Sunday, glaring, the glaring play was a missed laid up by Brianne Janerion. Yeah, I got that right. Uh, a steal. No, on a steal. Janerion. No, it's January space on a steal. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I, yeah, look at that. Oh, man. Janerion. People say <laughs> it's Brianne January. All right. Space. Yeah. On a steal that would have put them ahead. There we go. <laughs> on Sunday, the clearing play was a mislayup by Brianne January on a steal that would have put them ahead, but they had other chances on both ends. And again, and once again, MVP Jonquel Jones stayed relatively quiet. Now the Sky mm-hmm. one went away from a spot in WMA Finals. Game four is back at Wintrust Arena on Wednesday. Mañana. Hey, look, the good thing is, is that we're watching this team um, come together at the right time. Right. They're you know, getting really hot. Really, comes yeah. down to the, yeah, you know, like I always say, all you need is a chip and a chair. If you can get into the tournament, you can win the tournament. And that, so far, they are advancing. And, uh, hey, man, I, I'm super proud. I'm going to be watching these games. Um just you know as a girl dad i want my daughter to be able to see a women's team especially locally win a championship and i'm hoping that that's the the track that they're on yeah everybody go support the uh wmba and the sky i mean i'm pretty sure tickets are are not that as expensive as the bulls tickets but still um it's a great arena it's a brand new arena go support the sky and you know they're if they win they'll get to the nba finals and you can see that beautiful celebration absolutely absolutely all right we'll be right back with three up and three down after a word from our sponsors this is chicago doors open on the left at chicago we all know that 2020 was no joke and with an ever-changing world climate many people are looking for a new opportunity Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand-in-hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you'll be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded Hacia's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out acsi.tech and click on careers to get started. That's acsi.tech and click on careers. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. 
Time to touch bases with our baseball teams. This is three up and three down. I think I'll perplex him with my slow ball. One, two, three strikes, you're out. All right, the Cubs, baby, the Cubs. The Cubs played their final series of the season, trying to make take a few from the Cardinals. And look, while I'm sad that baseball season is over for the Northsiders, I'm happy to look ahead to the future of the team. And, you know, we'll, we'll take some time and we'll break down the possibilities of what this team could look like in the future in a later episode. But for now, I will give credit where credit is due. And I'll throw this one at you. Thanks, Cubs! Hey! And I'll... I'll throw it over to Z to tell us what's going on with the AL Central champs. Let's go, 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 White Sox. We're with you all the way. You're always in there fighting and you do your best. We're glad to have you. Thanks, E-Rock. Um, yeah, I know we haven't mentioned, like, you know, Hispanic heritage much and stuff like that. Um, yep. But, you know, we have a pretty cool guest, so that should cover that. And we have another guest next week that should cover that as well. But um, there's a lot of Latin players in all of our teams or in our organization, so I don't want to uh, diminish that. But um, happy happy Hispanic Heritage Month. Yeah, it's a lot of H's in that thing. Uh, Hispanic Heritage yeah. Month. So. Yeah, I mean, and we had the song. We had we had to play it. I've been sitting on that song. So uh, Yeah, we've been, yeah I've I mean, had it in the know. bank, and I, I forget to use it. So it's an awesome song. All right, so White Sox news. Let's get to White Sox baseball. White Sox are closing out game 162. Actually, they just finished it out right now. They ended up losing to the, uh, the last game of the Detroit series. Um, and it's been a hell of a season. Let's, let's just not lie about it. It's been a hell of a season. From being upset that they hired LaRusso over Cora, AJ Hinge, and even Ozzy, but not, and he wasn't even given an interview. But whatever, let's put that to the side. There's been injuries just to put just about every single player on the roster. The Urminator tick, uh, was taking baseball by storm and then fizzled out like a flat pop. Uh, you had rookie step up and change positions in Galvin Sheets and, and Andrew Vaughn. Lyric Garcia was a Swiss Army knife that set up to play around 100 games and ended up playing the whole season and became the gorilla glue of the clubhouse. <laughs> While the White Sox can't secure the, won't be able to secure the overall second seed in the AL for home field advantage, they're going to start their series against the Astros and the ALDS on Thursday and then Friday over there. And then the blackout game will be next Sunday. And I guarantee you that the MLB is going to fuck us over and put it at the Uh-oh. same time as the Bears game. Because the Bears game is a 3 o'clock game. I guarantee you that this White Sox game is going to be a 4 p.m. game. I mean... It- is that really fucking you over? I mean, what are you supposed to do? They got to play the games or they got to play the games. Put and that shit at night. In, if you're playing in Houston, you know, that's the problem is that. No, no, that's going to be the Chicago game. Fans always get upset about the first round because they got early games and late games. And later on in the playoffs, you got your later games. It is what it is, bro. Yeah. Snap your pop, pop your tab, pop your tab. Yeah, pop that tab. Um, I mean, it's a Sunday game. That's a premier game. That should be the Sunday night baseball game. Okay, but what other Sunday night baseball games are going on? I don't give a shit. On? I don't give a fuck. You don't have to, but guess what? The White Sox are not a national draw. I'm sorry to tell you that the they, White Sox are barely a regional draw. Okay, no, so, we had we had we had a very very good regional draw. We are not a national yeah, draw, like you say. You, under, 
Right. But you understand what I'm saying is that when you look at baseball fans in Chicago, you're going to have uh, you're going to have trickle over Cubs fans because they like baseball. But you're also right. going to have the, the White Sox fader, uh, haters that are Cubs fans because they just hate whatever. You know what I mean? That which is silly as shit to me. I it mean, is. You know, it is Chicago, super silly. Chicago, you know, Chicago. It's whatever. Everybody. You know, when they're playing against each other, that's a different story. But you know, right. when when they're you got one team in the playoffs and not, you could be bitter that they're there or not. But it is what it is. So, but yeah, I mean, like, what what are you supposed to do? It's a game. Play the game, and, and we'll see what happens. We'll see where where it happens because we also have to see what happens in the wild card. And that's going to be interesting because you got the all of AL East just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. So you got the wild card. Then we'll see who the who the matchup is going to be. Afterwards. And you know, if if someone's playing against the Rays, you ain't got to worry about it. You're good. Uh, well, it's going to be yeah. The Rays are, you get to sit this one out, and then you got Boston and New York playing in that wild card at one game to play the the the, the Rays. So yeah, they're going to just beat the shit out of each That's other. That's what I'm saying is that whoever wins that and if it's going to be the Rays, you ain't got to worry about it cuz the Rays are not a draw. The so Rays are not a draw at all. Astros, then we're going to get all the, be, we're going to get all the 1 p.m. 2 p.m. games if the fucking Rays win. I guarantee you that right now. Why? Why? The because Rays are East Coast. They're going to play earlier. That's what I'm saying. They're going to play at 1 o'clock and fucking Dodgers are so going to get the fucking they, national game at fucking 7 o'clock. Well, Which because, is, I'm not well, mad because I'm yeah, a Dodger fan too. That's possible too. But the Dodgers won the World Series last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not mad. So the Dodgers have the, the Dodgers have a draw. I'm not gonna lie about that. All right, yeah. let's get back to White Sox. Let's get to White Sox. All right. So <laughs> right now, my concerns for our for the White Sox playoff uh, uh, concerns right now are Dallas Keuchel. He had a rough yes. two months of the end of the season with a seven ERA in August, six in September, and on Saturday he could not finish the relief outing, giving up three runs and four hits and a walk. And my second concern is Rodon. His last pitched uh, uh, outing, he pitched against the Reds. He pitched well. He really did pitch well. He pitched five innings, gave up one hit on two walks, but he's going to be evaluated today to see if he'll be able to be on the playoff roster. They're not sure. He's pitched a lot of innings, and that arm is being taxed. You know, the, the funny thing is that you talk about Dallas Keuchel. Uh, we were listening to the Nagy postgame mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, or, or earlier today and he actually talked about watching <laughs> Dallas oh, Keuchel's fuck. last couple starts oh, oh fuck um you know this is not how we wanted it to go you almost can't even make it up it's that bad that's what he thinks about Dallas Keuchel and I think that's what most White Sox <laughs> mean about Dallas Keuchel here's the problem because Tony LaRusa, even though he's never been like my number one guy but he's proven me wrong all year he said about Dallas Keuchel's last outing he looked like he had his speed and he was pitching good and his arm slot was good. His stuff looked good. He just got hit. Look, dude. Yeah. He's because, pitched, because he's pitched he's twice. A, look, he's had cataracts for the past 20 years. I, that's where I was going to go. Keiko's only pitched twice out of like the bullpen. And um, <laughs> Keiko's <laughs> pitched a couple times out of the bullpen and it's been shit. And it's just, it's literally been shit. Uh, it's been once with the White Sox, once with the Astros. And it's been shit. So um, I understand he's got championship pedigree but guess what i'll take yeah. lopez over keiko any day of this year right now lopez has well, shown you that he's a valuable yeah. piece in that bullpen that can go multiple innings so even if rodan makes the makes the roster and let's say he starts and he gives you three innings you put Bo- uh, lopez right after that and then you got the six seven eight and nine already covered you're I mean, showing the, game, the shit the out of the game the game that I went to was uh, a Lopez start, and he looked good. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. was. I think it was a, what a seven to one win. I uh, I want to say um, yeah. uh, Lou Bob had like two home runs. So I mean, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Anderson had a home run. Yeah, to it's, start the game. Yep. So, this is a very. It's a hard bullpen as far as like the top of the bullpen to figure out because you're sitting there. What do I do with Rodon? What do I do with Dallas Keuchel? What do I do with Lopez? You know, and Lopez has actually come in, come back into his own as a starter. So I right. mean, you know, you're not going to use him to start, but he's no. valuable. And you know, you, you got three guys right there who are. I, I'm I'm more concerned more than anything else about Rodon because I think you definitely need him Agreed. to be able to win, to win consistently to fill in that slot because. You got to remember, these are not just like Joe Schmo teams you're playing against. You're playing against the, the other best teams, yeah. and they have not done that well against uh, teams over 500. No, not at all. And what the thing is that with it's a five-game series, so you're going to have three starters. That's all. Everyone else is a bullpen guy. So your three starters are going to be Lance Lynn. He should be your number one. Giolito should be right. your number two. If you want to argue those two, that's fine. I have no, 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 no qual about that. If you want to go flip him out, I don't care. That's fine. And yeah. then your number three is your cease. And he's been pitching his ass off in the last couple yep. months. And he pitched his ass off today. The bullpen. What today was a getaway day. I, Tony didn't give a shit because yesterday uh, Houston beat the A's to get the number two seed. So today did not mean shit to the White Sox winning or losing. It was really about reps. And he probably put it in the bullpen. I, get, I didn't get to watch the game because it was at the same time as the Bears game. And let's just be honest, right. the Bears take over anything. And it game it mean it didn't mean any shit. So um again, it's a three-man bull uh, three-man starting pitching, and the rest of the game is bullpen. So Keiko, Lopez, whatever. It's gonna be bullpen. Now, if you advance after that division series and you get to the, the what is it, the championship series. Okay, now you have a four-man to five-man uh, uh, starting rotation. You're going to need Rodon. So do I think the White Sox can advance without Rodon in that first series? I do, but I don't think they, they get past the second series without Rodon. No, I mean, they're definitely going to need him. And the thing is, is that you got then you got to decide really what you're going to do with Keiko. Is he even going to get playing time against the Astros? I hope not. You know, the that's that's a big question because like i said before you you look at the bullpen itself it's been pretty solid um kimbrel's been a little bit shaky you got a couple of guys you don't see that often but kimbrel's adjusting uh, to being the eighth the eighth mini man eighth inning man right um the thing is that you've also had uh bummer bummer's been lights out in the last four weeks and this is a guy that sucked all year and then prior to uh, i mean last year he was amazing and shut down everybody down so i think he's back to old and tony trust him so when you have Tony's trust, it goes a long way. He get a long leash with that. Now the thing is that, like you said, Keiko, where does he fit in in the bullpen? For me, he he's yeah. all the way in the back, breaking cast in case of emergency with a fucking hammer. And pray to God, pray to God, he's like doesn't give a fucking five runs like he did against the Cubs I mean, and everybody else. There, there is a certain number of players in the bullpen that you're really going to be relying on, and that's Tapera. Yes. Kopech, yes. Um, you know you got uh, Crochet. Hopefully you don't have to, but Crochet is another one. Yeah, Ruiz. And, and the problem is that these guys, you can't. Yeah, Ruiz. You you can't rely on them every single game. So you're gonna need some of these stars to go deep, and you can't. You're not gonna be able to have Liam Hendricks out there every single day. No, but that's why you have two closers. But that's why you have two closers. Right. You know I mean, yeah, so, that luxury. And the thing is that Kopech is a starting pitcher. Kopech is a starting pitcher. So let's let's just put that out there because next year they might make some moves and Kopech is your starting pitcher. Guess what? Yeah. They've been stretching him out for the past three weeks. 
he's going to pitch three to four innings in, in a series if need be. But that's what I'm saying is that what if what if you have if you're able to start Rodon, yeah, then you can have um, Kopech come in behind him yep. and pitch three four innings, right? And, and the next game have Lopez do the same thing. Innings, you get Kopech for three innings, then you got Tapera, you got Kimbrel, and you got your guy Hendricks. So right. I mean that right there would be ideal where. You're not completely run, and and that would be like a closeout game or something like that. You know what I mean? Like where at least for the first, um, for the first series, you know what I mean? The, the first because once you get in deeper, you're gonna want your your other guys to go in longer. But right. you need to have these guys fresh in case you need someone to break glass in case of emergency. My my starter did not have it today. He just got blown up in the first inning, and that's the scary thing. Now you're just sitting there playing a, a game, and you really have to rely on that that uh, offense and. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, here's your I, I, here's your perfect scenario. Keiko comes in in a high leverage game, and it's just like Contreras in 2005. He comes in, the bases are juiced. You need you need yeah. you need two outs, and this dude gives you everything and empty empties a tank in that one inning, and gets you out of that yeah. jam. That's what he needs to do. He needs to do whatever it takes to get the get the team over the hump, get that team to the next game, get the team to the next series, get the team to the fucking World Series. As simple as that. Do your fucking job. I mean, I, I think that there's a possibility for a guy like Keiko, if he could play a role where he just kind of comes in and almost shocks everyone at this point yeah I, what it reminds me of is um schwarber where he came in you didn't really expect anything from him but he played a hero if you could have kaiko come in and play a hero in a certain scenario it's going to boost him up it's going to boost the entire team's confidence going forward oh if yeah you got him who is a big free agent signing if you got him and he just completely collapses you're, you best hope that the guys that you actually drafted and brought in are, are going to be able to get it done for you. Right. Yeah. All right, let's wrap up White Sox news. The Baseball Hall of Fame, Frank Thomas, has become a television advertising fixture over the past few years. Let's not advertise his products because I'm not going to say that out loud. And on Thursday, he bought into a site that graced television screens over a quarter of a century. The Big Hurt joined real estate developer Rick Heidner, Heidner, in buying, Heidner. huh? Heidner, Heidner. Okay, I said Heidner. That was close. In buying controlling interest of the Field of Dreams movie site and its sister company, All Star Park, All Star Park Haven, uh, Haven. All Star Ballpark Haven. <laughs> Holy crap! All Star like Park once again, Heaven. Once again, remind everyone, ladies and gentlemen, this is a school teacher. <laughs> This is why I teach PE and throw dodgeballs at kids. All right. The movie site, new ownership group, Thomas and Heidner. (laughs) (laughs) This is Heaven LLC will be the name. Thomas and the CEO and former Los Angeles Dodgers manager, Dan Evans, the chief operating officer. Officer. We are excited to lead the future development and expansion of the Field of Dreams in collaborative spirit with our neighbors and governing government officials i know you're giving me shit over there laughing around all right all right so that's all i gotta say about that he is getting in before the market gets hot that's what it looks like because if mlb is gonna be doing the games on a yearly basis he's gonna make hand over fist in money 
He's going to move on from selling boner pills or whatever the hell he does now. And, and <laughs> Testosterone like, pills. Me too. You know what I mean? Like, you know. <laughs> How do you still work out eight days a week? Well, first of all, I add another day on the end of every week. <laughs> Look, hey, good. It, it's cool to see him uh, get involved uh, outside of from these boner pills or whatever it is and actually join a legitimate business where he's there not him and, uh, him and Doug Flutie out there, you know, hawking pills. Um, oh boy! Hey, no, I'm not. Is, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. He's got to make. Some, nah, hey, I'm not going against you. He's got to make. He's got to make some money. And look, we're, we're seeing in an era of Frank is not know, missing Frank, any money. He works for Fox and he works for NBC Sports. He's not missing no, any money. No, 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 no. But I'm saying like you can do that all day. Ryan Dempster has been doing it, but he doesn't have his own company like this. And that's yeah. what I'm saying is yeah. that to see something to create the generational wealth. I mean, we're like I said, we're seeing professional athletes uh, uh, join uh, broadcasting more and more often. I mean, to, uh, yeah. today we saw Akib Talib uh, with Gus Johnson doing yeah. the Bears game. You know what I mean? And, and he's sitting out there with his black shirt and his and his. He looked like uh, Nino Brown, like that. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. It, look, it's it, it's cool. I'm I'm happy for him. Um, and and you're right that he's getting in on the ground floor before the MLB really blows up this site. So, uh, good I, man. I, I'm I'm happy for Frank. I'm really happy for Frank. To be honest with you, he is really good on the broadcast. Like he breaks the game down to the T. Obviously, he's a freaking I'm a six time All Star, batting champion, all that stuff. He's got accolades up the wahoo. He's really good. I don't know why he's not in the booth. But when he does, you know, do a guest booth appearance for the White Sox, he is really good. Now, don't well, put- he doesn't he doesn't need to be in the booth because don't forget that he's also doing the Fox National games without out there with Big Poppy and all. Right, that, he, does, I mean? like, he, he does he does national games and he does the. Uh, well, yeah, he does, he the, does all the, the post game. Yeah, everything. Yeah, post season. The whole post season. Yeah, he's on Fox. I, this, this is what I want to know. I want to know how much I have to pay him to get him to punch Bacon in the face because that guy sucks. Bacon. He is the worst. Oh my god! When they had him on the on the oh. broadcast, I turned it off. I turned him, yeah. I, I muted it, and then I put fucking DJ and Len. So <laughs> that'll tell you how much I don't like bacon on the on the mic. Yeah, on the mic. I mean, on a sandwich, yes, but on the microphone, it's terrible. Yeah, BLT baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a pause for the cause and we'll be right back with our interview with today's special guest, Carlos Big Z Zambrano. The real Big Z. What the fuck? Oh, well, there's strikes two and three right there. I think I'll perplex him with my slow ball. One, two, three strikes, you're out. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. <laughs> Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out GritClothingCo.com and use the promo code TrueFan15. TrueFan15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15% off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order.
Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest is a Chicago favorite, a three-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger. He has 132 wins. He is the real Big Z, Carlos Zambrano. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Carlos. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And, you know, I'm excited to be here and uh, to be part of uh, any interview, uh, you know, for the Chicago uh, area and Chicago fans. Absolutely. Chicago Cubs. That's what's up. Yep. Hey, look, so so of course, Cubs fans like me remember your time on the north side and your baseball career, but I want to take it back a little bit and talk about where it all started. How did you start getting, uh, how did you get started playing baseball, and were you always a pitcher as a kid, or did you other play play other positions? Well, um, um, no, I, I didn't play baseball until I was uh, 14 um, my brother, my younger brother, he played baseball when you know since um, since he was eight, seven years old. Um, he started t uh, t uh, t ball um, t ball, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not. I was a soccer player. I played basketball. I played you know different sports, but I never played um, any um, organized baseball. In, until I was 14 and then you know um, I played uh, right field I okay was, okay I was terrible player I was <laughs> the the worst player in the world and uh, one day I was playing I was 15 years old and I was playing right field and uh, you know somebody hit a ball to right field and you know the ball literally went to my glove i didn't catch the ball the mm -hmm. ball went to my glove and i had to grab the <laughs> ball there was there was a man on second and i threw the ball to home plate and you know i threw a cannon okay so uh this guy um was in uh in the stands uh his name is julio figueroa he's uh, one of the scout for the cubs right now he, he worked for the cubs um, and back in the day, he, he didn't, he wasn't working for the Cubs. So okay. he was just, a, you know, a normal fan. And uh, after the game, he called me and he said, hey, um, you got a good arm. I say, mm -hmm. yeah. And he, he say he asked me, he say, um, can you pitch? And I say, no, I never pitch. He say, ask the manager to see if you can pitch the next time so I can see you. So, um, you know, the next time I asked, I asked the manager and he say, you sure? I say, yeah, I want to pitch. So, and, you know, he put me to pitch and the rest uh, is history. There you wow, go. Wow, there, there you go. go. I a so that's how I, I became a pitcher. So okay. is, that, is that your favorite position? Obviously the pitch instead of right field? <laughs> uh, well, I like to pitch. But I like to hit too, you know. I'm kind of like Otani, you know. I like both. <laughs> you were Otani uh, before Otani. So people, 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 people don't know, but I, I can throw left-handed too, you know. I can what? throw 80s. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think a lot of people knew that at all. No, I mean, that's no pretty impressive. That. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right, Carlos. Tell us about your family in Venezuela. Um, did you uh, do you have more more siblings? Uh, obviously, we talked a little bit about your brother. Um, did anybody else play sports besides uh, like did they, to get farther? You said your brother played when he was eight. Did he uh, did he play any professional baseball or what would have happened with your brother? 
Yeah, my, my dad is in Venezuela. He uh, he's um, um, he lives in Venezuela. I have three brothers in Venezuela. I have one uh, brother brother in Chile, and uh, three other brothers. Uh, three brothers in here in Miami. Okay. Wow. So we we're we're, big we're seven. Yeah, we're seven brothers. Everybody's six six one, uh, six two. Wow. And uh, I'm the tallest one, six 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 five. Uh, my mom died last 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 year. Sorry, I'm sorry. She was she was she was seventy four, and you know, um, the best mom. And and uh, uh, my oldest brother, he played in uh, amateur in Venezuela. He never played professional, but he was good. Okay. Um, he was a pitcher, left handed. He he's 54 years old and he can still pitch. Wow! He throws he throws 78, uh, 78, 79, and his arm never got. I mean, he he's he never hurt his arm. So uh, so he can still do but, it. Yeah. Yeah, my 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 older brothers play baseball, but no, no, you know, not like you know, no high level. Only yeah. me and the other, the other brother that went to you know international competition, but he never played professional. So you know, we talk about professional baseball. Like when you came to the north side, what was the first like for you? And did you always want to be a starter, or did you think maybe you'd be like a closer or a bullpen guy? Yeah, I hated being being a starter. I mean, a reliever. Okay. Uh, when I was in AAA, um, I was in AA in night in '99. I was in AA. No, I'm sorry. In 2000, I was in AA, okay. and I I was a starting pitcher. I, I started nine games for the for the uh, uh, AA affiliate affiliate for the Cubs, and uh, I only gave up like five runs in seventy some innings. You know, I was throwing gas. <laughs> so they they brought me out. They promote me to AAA, and you know, but as a closer, Rick Aguilera was a closer for the Cubs, and he was struggle. Mm-hmm. And they say they they told me, hey, you may be in the big leagues this year as a closer. You know, wow. they, they may try to see you know to work on on you know how it is gonna work for you and the team. So you become the the closer for the Cubs, and I say I don't like this, but I have to do it. I want to do it because I want to play in the big leagues. Right. So I ended up uh, injuring my knee, and I ended up uh, having surgery on my knee, and um, you know I couldn't play um, uh, or finish the season that year. Okay. So the next year they they um, they put me back in the rotation in AAA, and that was the year you know they called me to the big leagues in two thousand and one. Nice. Gotcha. Nice. All right, you're, so you're known as one of the big, uh, the, one of the best hitting pitchers of all time, and you have the Cubs records for home runs by a pitcher at 24. Do you have a favorite home run that you can remember in your career? Um, yeah, there there's few, but um, I remember one one time when we were playing in in Houston, and uh, Wade Miller was pitching that mm-hmm. day, and uh, we were. Um, we was losing that game. We were losing that game, and uh, in the sixth, I think sixth inning or seventh inning, 
Dusty coming, uh, you know, I get to, uh, it was my turn to, to, to go heat, to go uh, to the plate. And uh, Dusty said, um, hey, you may don't hit this 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 time. Uh, you want to hit this? Uh, and I say, yeah. Of course. So I think we were we were losing we were losing the game three to one or three to two or something four to two something like that. We were I know that we were down by two runs, and uh, there were two main two men on base, and uh, you know he gave me the chance to 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 to, uh, to hit, and I hit a home run three run. Nice. And we we ended up get, uh, winning the game uh, five to three or five. Uh, something and I pitched seven inning and uh, we won the game that was that was exciting for me that's that's the one that sticks on your head because you came in and you were able to get it and you and you smacked it I, I used to love to watch you hit because it was not a, a lot of a ton of uh of pitchers that would hit like that you know you talk about Otani I mean you you, you might have uh, helped to uh pave the way for a guy like that to be able to pitch and, and hit and and I think Otani a lot of Cubs fan he was I to me especially when the Cubs were best, uh, going through a lot of their playoff runs recently I mean he would have been a great addition for what we were trying to do up here but uh unfortunately he didn't end up here and now he's on a team where he's got to play in the AL but yeah man I I, I always liked watching you hit you know I I, I I've been a Cubs fan probably since uh, since the late 90s when Sammy Sosa came onto the scene. And, you know, as, as the Cubs fan in the room, I was definitely heartbroken when the Cubs didn't go all the way in 03. Um, you know, tell us what your emotion was like and what the clubhouse was like when the Marlins came back to win that series. Well, you know, first of all, check this out. This is what I earned. For the three oh, wow. So I, wow. I have to, so you got uh, the smuggers and the wards up there yeah. in the mantle. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's beautiful. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's how proud you are of the hitting. It's right there. Yes. <laughs> 2003 was, uh, you know, was um, my third year in the big leagues. And um, yeah. it was very emotional because, um, you know, we ended up losing to um, uh, the Marlins. And they ended up uh, winning the World Series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's what. Uh, uh, but um, that was, I mean, that was sad. I never, I have never seen in my whole career, period, to that time or after that time, I have never seen uh, the clubhouse so quiet, so yeah. sad. You know, I remember Randall Simon was crying like a baby, and yeah. you know, there were people that were crying. You know, um, I mean, uh, it was very uh, disappointing. You know, because we knew that we had um, we had um, the team to do uh, to yeah. uh, you know win it all. So, but um, unfortunately, we didn't do it. But you know. Uh, um, seven, 13 years later. Yeah, yeah, Where man. I, I wanted to. I wanted to ask you about that because uh, you know, unfortunately, as a member of the team, you weren't able to get there. But you know, you talk about crying. I was crying like a baby. I got the W flag right behind me, and I was. I had that thing wrapped around me like a cape. I was outside crying. I was drinking tequila. I was having a great time. So, <laughs> tell us what you felt. You know how it felt for you to watch the Cubs win that World Series in 2016. Yeah, I was in Venezuela by that time, you know, I couldn't fly to uh, my, um, Chicago 
um, they were inviting people to celebrate, you know, former mm-hmm. players. Mm-hmm. And and I couldn't I couldn't go because I was um, doing uh, uh, I was on a mission in Venezuela. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, but I enjoyed the game. You know, I uh, I, I was I remember that I, I have a friend in in, in Chicago that I I, I uh, FaceTime him. You know, he was in the streets, and and I think he was in Clark or or um, Addison mm-hmm. Clark. He was yeah, Clark Avenue, and uh, you know, he was showing me the city, the people sharing, and the people, you know, going crazy. And uh, you know, nuts. I live, I, I I lived that moment like I was in, in Chicago for uh, you know for the for the championship. Yeah, that was that was that was amazing. I still, it's it's amazing to me to see what happened this this last year. But uh, you know, it was great for us to be able to to accomplish that, and then all the Cubs fans around the world that uh, you know didn't that had relatives that were Cubs fans for so long and didn't get to see that moment. That, that was special for for those families as well. So I'm glad you were able to enjoy that. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, uh, especially for. Um, those kids, uh, they were on the team, and you know the the, the those one that was, you know, two kids like uh, <laughs> like David Ross, yeah, <laughs> or, or, or you know those veterans, but um, you know like Anthony Rizzo, uh, Chris Bryant, they're, they're kids, you know. Yeah, I'm forty. I'm forty years old. Yeah, we're there. we're all forty in this room, yeah, so we're, we're all forty. <laughs> we, all 40 <laughs> we all turned forty this year, so we know exactly what you're talking about, man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know. You know, they were the the the, the, the players that uh, finally came through after a yeah. hundred and something years. Right. You know, and uh, like I said the other day, you know, there are so many players that uh, you know uh, uh, went through the Cubs organization, like Ernie Banks, uh, Ray Sandberg, uh, uh, Billy Williams, Sam Sammy Sosa, Ferguson Jenkins, uh, Kerry Wood, uh, Santo. Ron Santo, you know there yeah. there is um, uh, uh, there is so many so many good players, you know that try to you know break the curse and finally you know uh, Rizzo, Bryant, uh, Baez, Contreras, which is yeah. you know he's from the same town that I am in Venezuela. Oh, nice! They yeah. finally you know did it. And the most important for me, for me is that number thirty-eight was uh, he made it the last out. So yeah. <laughs> my jersey made the made it the last out. So I gave the anointing to um, um, Montgomery. That's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. That's right. fantastic. Carlos, what what do you feel is your biggest accomplishment as a Cub? Well, you know, um, I think you know to be able to uh, teach other players and you know to receive from. Uh, uh, Maddox and uh, you know Kevin, yeah, I remember uh, I played one year with uh, Kevin Tapani. He was a great mentor for me. You know, uh, I mean the that last year, um, and uh, obviously you know Maddox and uh, to learn from 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 Dempster, mm-hmm. from uh, each 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 teammate, uh, and then you know uh, gave gave away what I received. And uh, you know that's 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 for me is accomplished. You know, um, uh, I mean the, to teach um, what I knew, what I know um, to other players, to other preacher. For me, that's that's accomplished. That's 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 a mission well done. 
No, you're talking a little bit about some of the players that you used to play with. Who who's your favorite teammate to play with, and and which teammate had the biggest influence on you? Oh, uh, big influence is different than who was my closer player. You know, right, right. Because um, uh, I can say that Woody was uh, one of the person that you know. Uh, take care of me and 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 he was and is the uh, best uh, teammate that I I had in the Cubs. Yeah, um, he was so professional to us. You know, I was a rookie when when I came up, and he he had three years of three already three years in the big leagues, and he treated me like you know like like a, uh, like he treated me good, mm-hmm. professional. You know, and uh, a closer person in the team was uh, Gio Soto. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, we're still, you know, getting in contact with each other. You know, I'm, I'm still, you know, talk to, to talking to, uh, texting. I, I, I still text uh, Woody Dempster. Nice. Uh, Giovanni Soto. Who else? Yeah. Uh, uh, Henry Blanco. Henry oh, Hank yeah, White, yeah. Hank White, yeah, man, that's what they used to call. Yeah. Hey, and and uh, I think Soto was just uh, just at the uh, at Wrigley for a first pitch uh, not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, cool. Yeah, him. He, yeah, he, he, he and uh, Aramis was. Yeah, Aramis. That, that, uh, that was my wife's favorite player because she had a crush on him. So uh, we got his jersey in, <laughs> in the house. I had to get her his jersey because she loved him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Carlos, who who was your favorite manager to play for, and then what is your favorite favorite pit, uh, stadium to play in? Yeah. Well, definitely my favorite manager was is Dusty Baker. Yeah, okay. Dusty was awesome, and uh, um, he was. I mean, he was so. Um, how do you say? Entendible. Uh, Understandable. You can understand mm-hmm. him. Yeah. You can understand him uh, all the way. You know he he was so uh, so straight, so clear. Uh, if he don't like anything, he calls you to the office and say, um, you know, the yeah. right way. Mm-hmm. He's a wisdom. He has wisdom. He's smart, and uh, you know, for me, he's he's, um, he's a good, the, the best manager that I have. I, I have. He's always been very. He's had a lot of. Um, he's always been known for being very direct with his players and, and being a player's coach, and you know, being giving you guys accountability. And I think that's why a lot of players love playing for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I wish him the best in this playoff, and finally he can go all the way through. Yeah, but on the wrong on the wrong team though this year. Not this year. He's not, yeah, not, <laughs> not this year. <laughs> not this year. Cause you got you to play the White Sox, and you know that's what we, with the, even though if the Cubs ain't in it, I got to root for the White Sox, and my, and and I'm always, I'm always happy for my my friends who are Sox fans, so yeah. I want them to be able to get it too. So yeah. I maybe, love Dusty, maybe next but year, not Dusty. this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carlos, what's yeah. your favorite what's your favorite yeah. stadium to play for and play in? Uh, my favorite stadium is um, was uh, the Peco Park. Okay, um, I love Peco Park. I love the West Coast. In fact, I don't know why I didn't I, after you know after I finished with the Cubs or, or the Marlins. 
I don't know why I didn't sign with any of those teams the West because teams. I, you know my my uh, my record and my you know pitching performance was so good in the West Coast, and uh, I don't know why I didn't thought about that. You know, to to go to any of you know San Diego, uh, LA, or, or right. any of those teams. The weather yeah. so nice out there. I mean, I think anyone want to play. <laughs> So, Carlos, yeah, can, yeah. Carlos, can you tell us about your your last year in Miami? Because I know it's uh, obviously it's pitching in Chicago and, and Miami are completely different. Can you tell us that you know a little bit about your last year in Miami and then why you retired? It was good. It was. I mean, no, it, it was weird. Uh, <laughs> remember, I, I, it was weird because I was with the Cubs since I was sixteen. You know, right. I was a kid. When I came to the Cubs organization, you know, and then uh, um, 14, 16 years later, I ended up uh, being, a, you know, uh, involved in the trade trade uh, to the Marlins. And right. uh, I don't know, this organization obviously is a different organization than the right. Cubs. Mm -hmm. They do different, you know, they, they do things different and you know different and and you know it was weird for me you know um it's like uh when you are home you can you know go to every corner of your house and you can sleep in your dad or or, or with your mom or dad you know in the bed you can lay in the bed you can go any corner of uh your uh parents house um uh, just that familiar mornings i was like you know huh it's it's a it's just being familiar with your surroundings and, and having something yeah. different after so long yeah. it's got to be weird yeah maybe maybe because it was only a year you know that i, yeah. I played one year for them and then you know i was like you know no, i don't want to go there no i don't want to <laughs> go this you know in, Ch in, Ch in chicago i had you know i had a, a my uh, a spot where I, you know, laid and, you know, think, uh, you know, rest, uh, um, you know, whatever. Uh, but in Chicago, I was like, uh, you know, come to the game and, you know, do my job and then go home. Come to the game, do my job and then go home. You know, I, I didn't have that spot. You didn't feel like that home. Every, that, that every player must have. Mm -hmm. Um Unless you're Bartolo, uh, a top 15, 16 different teams, and he never found uh, a place. But I, I, I think he. I mean, I think uh, that's 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 the the difference between the the Cubs and the and the Marlins. You know, um, mm -hmm. the Marlins are, are you know they're a great good. Uh, I mean, good organization, good uh, ball club. But I I never feel comfortable, you know, being a, you know being a Marlin. Let, let's talk about one of your biggest moments as a Cub. You know, you ended a long drought of no hitters by Cubs pitchers. And I know it was a weird circumstance playing, you know, out of the, of the park you were supposed to play in. Um, but, I mean, you know, it was pretty amazing to see you uh, get that no hitter. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that moment and tell us how special that was for you. Well, it was special because, you know, I remember I came from an injury and uh, my arm was feeling so good. And uh, at the other at the other hand, uh, Lou, um, <laughs> I saw Lou and 
the <laughs> seventh inning, the eighth inning, and I thought he was going to pull me out because you know I came from injury and I had a hundred ten, a hundred something pitches. Mm-hmm. So um, he let me go through, and uh, you know I appreciate that. You know, finally, you know, but uh, it was special. You know, um, that was the year that. Um, that I need that, um, or I need something uh, um, um, different um, that year, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was it was special. You know, every time every time you throw an out here, which is uh, you know something that not every pitcher had in their right. career. You know, right. there's some pitchers there's some pitchers that spend uh, um, 20 years in the big leagues and they never throw a no hitter. Um, you know, that's you know, uh, throw a no hitter is, is how can I say this is uh, it's like a like a you you pull the lottery. Yeah, you win the yeah. lottery. Winning, yeah, you win, win the lottery. The winning number, you, mm-hmm. you know. I I I saw the other day, and I didn't I didn't know this. I saw the other day that Roger Clemens didn't have a no hitter in, in his career. Really, and. Uh, I didn't know and, that at all. Yeah, and um, who's a uh, Nolan Ryan didn't have a uh, Cy Young. Oh, so, what? What? Wait a minute. Roger, it's like twenty years. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that Roger Clemens had uh, seven. Uh, how many Cy Youngs? Oh, it was a lot. It probably you might be on point with seven or eight. I mean, he had a ton. Se- I think seven Cy Youngs, uh, not uh, um, Roger Clemens, mm-hmm. yes. but, Rand, uh, but uh, Nolan Ryan had uh, uh, seven no hitters. Yeah, so, so Roger Clemens you know, seven seven Cy Youngs. Yes. Yeah. You know what's funny is that uh, right very soon after you threw that no hitter, I actually ran into Rich Harden, and. Uh, and one of the things we actually talked for a good half hour, and one of the things that we talked about was uh, when he came over from Oakland, the difference between playing in Oakland and then playing in Chicago for a guy like Lou Pinella. Can you tell us a little bit about playing for Lou and what that was like? Oh, Lou, sweet Lou. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was so sweet when when he managed uh, uh, the Cubs that first year. Um, he was um, he was a good manager. He was. Um, on the stubble, on the how do you say that again? Okay. Entendible, entendible, very understandable, 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 understandable. And um, he was very clear, at, you know, to the uh, at the point of uh, talking to the player. Remember, and this everybody knows this. Um, Lou was not a, a pitcher guy, you know. He was, a, mm-hmm. you know, he was a position player. He, but um, to me, he was he was great. He treated me good and he treated me well. And uh, I can't say any other thing about Lou. You know, maybe other pitchers have their own, you know, um, respond to, you know. But for me, for Carlos Zambrano, Lou. You know, treat me professionally, and uh, you know the way that he comes and you know come into the office and say, "Hey, um, we want to do this, and we want to do you know this all the thing. You know, we want to push in in the game. This, you know, after uh, the All Star break, you want to start for us again, and you know, 
all these things that you know you appreciate you know and uh um i mean that's a sweet look yeah you know we a little bit earlier we talked about some of your your favorite uh players to play with uh I gotta ask, man, what really happened between you and Michael Baird in that one game? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. You beat me to it. Uh, um, how do you say villano? Villano. Con, yeah. Diciendo que como like, que, que es villano. Like, like the um. Let me let me let me look at here. Yeah, let me. You know. Let's say that I'm the I'm the um, I'm the bad guy. You know, I don't want to talk about okay what happened because it's in the past and All it doesn't right. matter. You know, the, we're friends. But um, you, you guys are cool now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since this, uh, um, since uh, um, the next day we 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 talk each to each other and uh, he you know he apologized to me and I apologized to him and uh, you know. Like we uh, clear everything like like two men uh, should like two men should I was wrong you were wrong and you shake yeah. hands and you move forward yeah I re- sometimes yeah, I brother got a fight was, and sometimes brothers got a hug that's what it is yeah man I remember I was in the you know in the hot top and I saw him through the glass and then he came to me and I and he looked at me and I say and he says in Spanish que paso hermano <laughs> and I say, I don't know, brother. And he say, we lost our mind. <laughs> and, and I say, and I say, yeah, man, I'm sorry. And I say, I'm sorry too. So we uh, we hug and uh, you know. Um, after that, you know, he got traded. And, uh, I saw him a couple of times. Uh, um, and uh, you know, we talk normally, like like. Like a brothers, you know, like a brother. He used to call me brother, and um, in Spanish, you know, hermano. He used to call me every time. He called me hermano, 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 hermano. So that's uh, that's what we are in the clubhouse. You know, we are brothers. We spend more time with the players than with the family. You know, so uh, you know that's 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 in the past. Okay, right. Carlos, what what is your favorite Chicago food? My favorite Chicago food hot dog. Hey, <laughs> what what do you like on your hot dog? Um, onions and um, uh, mustard. Yes. And ketchup. Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you had me into the ketchup. The onions uh, and mustard is my jam. But yeah. you know, it, it's funny yeah. because we we yeah. talk about food quite a bit. So now that you you, talk, you mentioned the Chicago dog. Hey, what what motivated you to go and, and play with the Chicago dogs for a little bit of time? Well, um, I wanna, I wanted to make a comeback. Um, okay. I wanted to make a come, make a comeback, and uh, you know, see if I can still have something in the tank. But um, you know, um, I wasn't throwing that hard. I mm. threw ninety one, ninety two, mm-hmm. and I was expecting, you know, after you know the resting that I had. I was expecting 96, 97. I I, I hit some like nine, 97, but not constantly. So, okay. but, uh, that was the reason, you know. 
you know, and uh, because that was in Chicago, you know, the city that I know. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I say yes to them. Yeah. One, one more thing I wanted to talk to you about real quick is, you know, we, we hear a lot of crazy stories about Greg Maddox and his time in the leagues and all the crazy yeah, things that he smiling. did. <laughs> yeah, I, I see it. Do you do you have any cra- it, crazy Greg Maddox stories? Whatever happened in Vegas, it stays in Vegas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Awesome. I love it. All right. And, uh, um, um, the only thing that I can say, he was very uh, unique. Mm. Um, Maddox was very unique. And uh, he used to uh, do what he called a uh, fart game. <laughs> <laughs> of fart contest. Oh my God. Um, before before every game, he used to do the chart, pigeon chart. Okay. So he don't go out, he stay inside, you know, watching the game uh, through uh, TV and the couch. And uh, he used to ride, you know, um, everything and he um, every time every time he fart he put you know one <laughs> if somebody if somebody passed by him and threw a fart he put he put you in the you know in the he in put you in the yeah in the scoring car <laughs> so um, anybody the fart he you know he has a record write of your it. name in the competition he has a record that's of amazing. the farts that's awesome and and he's and he says whoever poop his pants <laughs> automa- automatically wins <laughs> so <laughs> guess what I did it once no <laughs> oh man oh that's amazing that is absolutely amazing I had to oh shower, my. Man, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing! That oh, is a fantastic man. story. Awesome oh my story. gosh! All right, man. Before <laughs> before we let you go, tell us what you've been up to these days, and uh, how can our fans follow you on social media? Uh, I'm a, I'm a, you know I'm a business um, real estate and um, um, any other business. Um, I'm. I have a, you know, in Venezuela, I have a, I have academy, um, young kids that I'm raising uh, with uh, nothing. You know, I gave them glove, uh, I gave them food, and, uh, you know, I trained them to sign with a big league uh, team. And okay. also, I, I am... I am pastoring a, a church in Venezuela, so that's, um, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm doing uh, right now. Um, that's amazing. Yep. All right, man. Let me let me tell you, it, it's been such a pleasure as a Cubs fan. Again, you know, you kind of came into the league right when I was really becoming a baseball fan because I was all about Jordan and the Bulls and watching. Still hangover from the '85 Bears. So, for me personally, as a Cubs fan, to watch you grow up in your career, we're the same age, so we were just kind of following along with you, and and it's been an absolute pleasure for me to to talk to you and, to, and have some time and uh, and talk about what you did with the Cubs, and it, it's been a lot of fun for us. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me here. And uh, you know, anytime I can speak uh, uh, to media and to the fans and and, and uh, to the Chicago area, um, for me is a privilege. 
believe me, uh, that's why, you know, anytime they can contact me and, you know, want to do a, um, a, um, a podcast or whatever, you know, if they know my number, I'm available. I don't want to say my number. No, 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 here, don't say your number. <laughs> uh, you know, you can follow, you can follow me to Carlos Zambrano 38 at and, and, uh, and Instagram. I don't have Twitter. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank, thank you so much for being here. It was great to talk to you, and we hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you, Carlos. Gracias, Amparo. Thank you, guys. Nos vemos, Yeah. Thank okay. you. Bye. Right. Bye. What an amazing, amazing uh, conversation with Zambrano. <laughs> that yeah, was so was. great. I mean, that it was so much fun. And that story at the end—that's the that's the cake. Uh, that's the cherry on top. That was that was amazing. Hey, All right, y'all. We'll be, go ahead. No, no, man. Before you you kick it off back to to when I know we're going to the next segment. Uh, you owe me some drinks because I got one of your favorite Cubs to come on on one of our shows. Uh huh. And he's We've also been, he's also Big okay, Z. Hold on, uh, uh, Ozzy Junior, Chuck Garfine, Cat Garcia. How many? How many White Sox? Uh, uh, no, no, your boy. Have have no way, your boy was a White Sox fan too. Uh, um, I had one Cubs fan. I didn't have no, any. Big what, no, your other boy. Your other boy. Uh, fuck, I can't Ooh. remember his name. Uh huh. No, we fucked this whole thing. <laughs> it's all right. Just, it's all right. Uh, what's his name? Your fucking dude that you brought over. He was on uh, yeah. shows all the whole time. He, he was, was a, a fucking Sox fan. He wasn't, he wasn't a reporter. He had nothing to do with the with the Cubs. He was just a fan. That's what I'm saying. You had all these guys who were part of the White Sox. I finally got a Cubs guy. You want to get drinks out of me? Get out of here. Hey, I pulled two favors on that shit. <laughs> okay. Hey, be, be, I'm happy. I, I ain't mad about it. But this, I'm not fine. This is good radio. This is good radio. This is it right here. <laughs> yeah, it's totally going because I always... All right, y'all. We'll be right back with Stirring the Pot after a word from our sponsors. We all know that 2020 was no joke. And with an ever-changing world climate, many people are looking for a new opportunity. Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand-in-hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you'll be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded Hacia's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out acsi.tech and click on careers to get started. That's acsi.tech and click on careers. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah! <laughs> it's like you broke through the wall. Yo, it's that time again, brother. You know oh. what time it is. Oh my oh God. Boy. <laughs> it's time for stirring a pot. All right, bro. I just had some amazing food. This uh, It was yesterday or day before yesterday, whatever it was. So I want to pose this question. And I, I, 
I'm actually really inquisitive to know if you even had this before. But mm-hmm. here it is. Tapas, which is a Spanish um, way of having meals. Very small, a bunch of small meals. Tapas, is it a yay or nay? Um, So my wife and I, last night, we went out for a date night for the first time in forever. Children's always <laughs> over here at our shit. So we went out to a place in Elmhurst, and uh, it was a very similar thing. Tapas with the small plates where you share the food and all yeah. that stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm with it, man, because you can you can share and you can kind of do your thing there and, and get a bunch of different things. I mean, realistically, look, we're big boys, so even when we order regular plates, we're just ordering six different plates and just sharing with each other anyway, so it don't matter. So it's, it's just a smaller version. So on, on, on the fact that, like, uh, I need more food than, uh, <laughs> than no, but I would say in general, I'm with it. I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, I'm man. right. I'm right. Yes. Yeah. Well, you didn't even tell me if you liked it or not. You, how is this right? You're just asking me if I like it or not. Because obviously I like it. Right. I like it. <laughs> it doesn't make you right. It does. That's okay. I got the sound clip to prove it. You are absolutely correct on that. You try uh, you over here. I didn't say you're right. You you know what it is? is, is I can always just, put it in a post. It's fine. It. I can put it whatever you can. I can put it in a right post. <laughs> oh, look at this shit. Oh, man. Uh, that's the fun thing about a roadcaster now. All right. Oh. <laughs> All right. Before we go. What you looking at? What have you been watching that isn't sports? All right. What I've been watching wasn't sports. I, I caught up on my Chicago shows that you hate. Put those to the yeah. side. We're not going to talk about those. Um, but the big premiere this week that I've been waiting about a year and a half for is the uh, the, new, the Saints of Newark. Uh, this is the Sopranos movie. It's a prequel. It talks about the 60s and 70s um, where uh, the Soprano family uh, is coming through and you have um, Isn't it of, Jack, like Jackie's dad? Uh, it's, Jackie Montesano's dad. It, yeah, it's, Mont- it's Montesano. So yeah. it's um, what's his name? Um, what Sopranos. Is no. Yeah, Tony Soprano's son. Well, yeah, Tony Soprano's son is actually playing him in the movie. Yeah. But you also have um, Christopher, Christopher's story, yeah, Christopher which is yeah, yeah, his, yeah. So his, his dad. dad is a, is so his dad is a. That's a major story, and then you yeah. see like the old timers being young. And them yeah. coming up through the system uh, of organized crime and all that stuff. So it is a great movie to watch. And then once you finish watching the movie, it's going to make you watch the series all over. Because now you have new information from the 60s and 70s that is going to take you through the 90s. And gotcha. it makes a lot more sense of what's happening in the show. What are you watching? Okay. I didn't watch uh, Saints of Newark yet. That's on the list because I know my wife's going to watch it with me and she'll probably kill me if I do not watch it with her. But number one, the, the, the show that I've been watching is on Netflix, Chicago Party Ant. This is amazing. Oh this is about a, a lady, probably I want to say in her 40s to 50s, and she lives in uh, Chicago in Wrigleyville, actually right across the street from Wrigley. There's a lot of really cool references. I got a little clip here I want to play for you. Yeah, hi, where's your alkaline water? By the chia seeds. If you hit the celery milk, you've gone too far. (laughs) You know what I drink, sweetie? Hose water. Straight from Lake Michigan. Lake Michigan has extremely high levels of E. coli. Don't be afraid of a little diarrhea, honey. Get you slim. (laughs) Uh, That is our childhood right there. That is our childhood. 
let me tell you something. You do not need to be a Cubs fan to appreciate this show as a whole. I mean, there's a yeah, there's a whole episode about tailgating and their um, um, their alliances with different tailgaters and who has the best tailgate and who has the best chili. And the the the, the accent is completely on point. I mean, it is it's a lot of fun and it's uh it, it's of course a little bit of satire with the way that Chicago fans are, but it's it's pretty on point too. Um, so definitely go check that out, uh, especially our Cubs fans. Um, but the other thing, oh SNL oh is back. Oh, maybe last night right. the Th- first was it good? The first season premiere. Yeah, man. Owen Wilson was up there. It was. It's always good. Look, SNL is always a good time for me. You know, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It's like pizza. You, I'm gonna eat it anyway. <laughs> so I mean, like. Yeah, I'm excited. It's a very interesting lineup of hosts coming up. Uh, I want to say next week is going to be Kim Kardashian, which is, uh, yeah, that's a little odd. I'm ho- a lot of SNL fans got their panties in a bunch or lack of panties in a bunch there you go. Uh, because, <laughs> because on the show, they're like, what does she have to do with anything? I was like, well, I mean, if it's going to be anything like a lot of the other controversial guests, it's possible that she's going to make a lot of fun of herself, right. which I hope she does because right. that's part of the fun. But yeah, I mean, that's what I'll be I'll be looking out for, and uh, I'll definitely give you guys a review. Uh, <laughs> I bet. Show. <laughs> I bet you be putting close yeah. attention to that episode. <laughs> I mean, I got the internet; I can see it anytime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, y'all. Man. That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors, 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirt. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. That's TRUEFAN15. Go and get your shirts right now. And don't forget to visit our new friends over at ACSI.tech. Check out their career section to start an exciting new career in the communications industry. Go to ACSI.tech. That's ACSI.tech. And click on careers to apply today. A huge, huge shout out to our guest today, former Cubs pitcher Carlos Zambrano. That was such a great time and great stories about his time with the Cubs. Do not miss that. Shout out to our friends at the Some of This and Some of That podcast. Uh, Their new episodes are available now on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to check out the Shine Native Radio Podcast, now available on all major platforms. Mike Logic, Ideal, Throw MC, and Words talk about sports, movies, and all types of ill shit. Go and check them out right now. Shout out to Ronesh, Panic, and our brand new beats from the homie Serious Beats for the beats we played on today's show. Check out PanicOnTheBeat.com for all your Moe merch and gear. And make sure you check out Serious Beats' uh, website. It's PRODBySerious.com. PRODBySerious.com to check out all of Serious Beats' music. Check us out on social media. You can find us at True Shy Fans on Twitter. That's at True CHI Fans on Twitter and on TikTok. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify. And don't forget to hit the DMs with your stirring the pot ideas, your movie recommendations, and just tell us what you think about the show. You can also reach us at True Chicago Sports Fans at gmail.com. 
All right, y'all. For Big Z, this is E Rock. We'll see you next week for episode 66. Episode 66. Until then, be good to each other. For the love of sports. Um, you know, this is not how we wanted it to go. You almost can't even make it up. It's that bad. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You are absolutely correct on that. Usually you pay double for that kind of action, Cotton. But would that make you love me? What the fuck is wrong with me today? A few moments later. You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos. That's all. Oh. I shouldn't have had those artichokes. We'll eat the poppers.